Yo, 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 what's good, man? What's up, everybody, man? Welcome to a second episode of the Why Behind the What podcast. I was supposed to do a podcast last week, but I had a couple different things going on. But my main thing is I want to be able to be consistent with it. So to be honest with y'all, today I didn't feel like doing it. I got a lot of different things going on. My dad on car was messing up or whatever, man. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to still be consistent, man, and just go ahead and get with this thing, man. Plus, there's a lot of things I feel like that's necessary to explain myself, you know, like, um, cause I, I, I put, again, I put a lot of different things out there on the internet, you know, especially on Facebook and some things can be misconstrued. So, you know, I feel like this podcast, man, like, I feel like that you're not only responsible of saying, you know, um, responsible for what you're saying, but you're also responsible for what you're not saying, you know, so I'm gonna go ahead and get right into it. You know, uh, about a week ago, I want to say about a week or so ago, um, I put up a post, you know, on Facebook, and that post pretty much simply said, the Bible is not the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. And then I went on and talked about a scripture that Jesus said, where it says that you search the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have life. But these scriptures are the one that testify of me. And I pretty much want to like dive into like what I was talking about there, because, you know, like the funny thing is, is that like it had about. 400 some comments man and it was like that debate was like ongoing you know and it was different p- things that people touched on in there and i wonder i was like yo like this could be a great podcast episode man you know this could be something that like i really dive into because this is something that i've been contemplating and like um meditating on and studying myself i want to say uh probably since about 2014 you know about the um you know because again like my background i grew up you know the white word is the inerrant you know um in you know infallible word of god you know and that meaning that the bible is the word of god and it's like we put so much emphasis on the book and we put so much emphasis on you know the book as if we we can make it the bible i mean i'm sorry we can make the bible god and so like with me i'm coming from more so of the approach of what the bible says in the beginning was the word you know and that word became flesh i think what that word was talking about was jesus i didn't say that i I don't think it said anywhere in the bible where it talks about in you know in the in the beginning was the holy bible it says that in the beginning was the word and i think that we start there as our like focal point that we can understand some way shape or form these scriptures are trying to point us to christ you know is which is the word of god so meaning that god i'm not saying that god doesn't speak because i definitely believe that god speaks in those in in the scriptures i definitely believe that god speaks in the old testament but it's always to bring us to a revelation of his ultimate word which is christ and you know so like again i'm gonna just go ahead and um you know address a lot of the different things that was on the post you know like some people came on and actually quoted that scripture you know that I, that i just talked about you know where it was talking about um you know that like in the beginning was the word and the word was you know uh was with god uh, with god but us and now you know uh western thinking we tend to think that that means that we was talking about the Holy Bible, that Jesus, you know, we was talking about Genesis and Leviticus and Numbers and different things. And we think that that's what they was talking about, but that's not what it was talking about. And and so, like, for me, what I what I do is I don't think that is what I, what I say what I do is what I mean is that I try to read the scriptures and look at it from the standpoint of it's inspired. God was speaking and it's not that God's word is not incomplete. It's just that our perception of who he was was incomplete at the time in the Old Testament. So different stories and different things that God spoke to them, he was speaking to them from their worldview at the time. That doesn't mean that that was the substance and the truth of who he was. So meaning that the Bible can be deadly 
if you don't understand the purpose and what it was meant to do. It was point to it was it was meant to lead you to the the message of inclusion, which I'll get on the uh get on to that a little bit later on. But going, you know, staying on topic. So I want to make it clear is that like what I'm saying is I'm not saying that we should throw out the Old Testament or we should like put it in the, you know, in the in the realms of literature with a, a lot of other different literature that we read, you know, is like Harry Potter or, you know, whatever books that we I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is I believe that it's inspired. I definitely believe it's inspired. And I believe that God spoke. But what's, what's, what happens is I believe that our perception over time has gotten better. But we, we see a progressive we see a progressive jump in the consciousness of man and how God was speaking. We see that because we talk, we see that, you know, that in, in the language that God, that God spoke to them of, they might've interpreted it as slavery. It's, it's slavery that's endorsed in the Bible. It's theology in the Bible that endorsed that God gives and takes away. So we look at certain things in the old Testament. We can think that that can give us a revelation of God of who God is. And if we're not careful, we can build a false image and a, and a, and a flat out incomplete image of who God was at that time. And we have to understand culture. We have to understand that the Bible is a different, it's not just, um, you know, uh, it's a collection, it's not just history, it's some history, I do believe it's some history in there, but I do believe it's also myths in there, I do also believe there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, parables in there, I definitely believe it's a lot of allegorical things, all in which God speaks us to, to bring us to a deeper revelation, to a deeper understanding, and if we look at like how, you know, as time progresses and goes on, it would, you would see even these rough, like, passages where it's genocidal but it was always the understanding and the, and, the, and the looking forward to christ it talks about like what david prophesies where it says blessed is the man who god does not impute sins to him so god was starting to speak and starting to understand and speak through who he was at that time but the perception of who god was was limited at that time so we have to understand that when reading the scriptures that when we read in the scriptures we not all we might not always be reading the accurate representation of who god is and that's why you see his history came on. Jesus manifested and he was the perfect word of God. And he was the perfect um, the way that you can interpret the scriptures. So we have to really understand that when I say that with Jesus is the word of God, we have to understand that what he was about, who the message, what he brought, like who he is in essence, what he is, is love. That's the word of God. It doesn't matter what you read. If it doesn't line up in the lens of love, then it's not the word of God. Or you might understand it as a, a shadow or perception of God or an incomplete version of God. So something might be incomplete. That doesn't mean it's wrong. So what I'm saying is that I'm not saying that the Old Testament scriptures are wrong per se. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that it's revealed to us in an incomplete image. So meaning that if you don't know who I am, if you just know, and this happens a lot, just think about our society. If you don't really know somebody personally, you don't really know what somebody's about. If you've never been around somebody's energy, if you never really felt certain things while you were in the presence a presence of a person you can't really understand or interpret rightly interpret what a person is saying and that's like what happens a lot of days on social media where it's people that actually think that they know me and probably only spent maybe two or three days you know or uh, if that you know around me in person you know i only seen them on two or three occasions you know but so it's like that you can get a per you can might you can get an idea about what i am but until you understand my being my presence and understand certain things you're not going to really get the full picture of who i am 
So meaning that what the Bible is, I believe, is we can use like social media to kind of like illustrate that where it's like is that God spoke, but is our perceptions of what God was saying was incomplete. And, and man prophesied and spoke def based on, you know, the consciousness that they were in at that time, meaning that God can only speak to you in the level of consciousness that you, that you are currently in. It's things that I'm reading in the scripture that I understand now because I'm at a different level of consciousness that I probably would have understood maybe five or ten years ago. So God can only speak to you in the level of the consciousness that you are currently in at that time. So reading scripture, understanding that, yes, they might have understood that God was, you know, trying to uh, when they was writing the inspiration and different things. And they was understanding, okay, God, you know, was genocidal. And, and I know those pa a lot of passages in the Old Testament might seem as if, you know, it was like, you know, like if God was trying to take everybody out and he was this big, this big mean person. And I think that it was a lot of people that experienced God and had experiences with God and mystical union with God and had different um, mystical experiences with God. But they didn't understand fully the heart of God based off the things that they were saying. Because if you really understand the heart of who God is, it says God never changes. It doesn't matter if it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament. It says that God doesn't change. The perception of him might have changed. The, the level of consciousness of mankind might have changed. But, but God doesn't change. So if you will come into a place where you would say that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, that might be the level of consciousness that you were in or mankind was in at that time, which caused them to be able to say that. Job is actually one of the oldest books in the Bible. So for Job to say that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, fast forward back to when Jesus manifested, when that word manifested, the word came and, and, and brought clarity to that where it says, the thief cometh not to but to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly, John 10, 10. So who do you believe? Do you believe Job or do you believe Jesus? Is Job wrong or is Jesus right? I wouldn't say Job is wrong. It's just incomplete. Meaning that he might have, God might have spoke to him in a, in a, in a, in a certain way, you know, where he was writing under inspiration, but he might have misinterpreted that where his, the level of consciousness where he was in caused him to write the Lord give up and the Lord take up away. But you, then we see over, over time where Jesus comes and it says, no, that I've come and, you know, and still, I mean, the thief coming to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. You have heard it said what Moses said that an eye for an eye, but I've come and say, love your neighbor. You know, do good to those who despitefully use and abuse you. So what happens is you see this that Jesus came and like really didn't he didn't he didn't take away. He even quoted from some of those scriptures. But sometimes what we got to understand is that something is quoted. We might not always understand the intention of why it's quoted. We not might always understand the parable or the deeper meaning on why something is quoted or why something is inspired. So just because something might seem, you know, very, very harsh. You know, or, you know, I don't want to just write it off because I definitely believe that the Old Testament was inspired. But we have to just understand and see it through the light of Christ and understand that he's the ultimate word. And if nothing doesn't line up, doesn't matter what I'm reading in Leviticus numbers. If it doesn't line up to him, the ultimate picture and the ultimate word, which he's always been speaking since the dawn of cre uh, creation, since everything. He's always been speaking Christ, Christ, which is the language of inclusion, which everybody's accepted in, is in Christ. That is the language of God. If it doesn't line up to that, then it then I'm, I understand that we're talking about a perception of God, but we might not be talking about the actual clarity in the word of God, which is Jesus. You know, when Jesus was manifested, you got uh, he, he he came against certain uh, 
customs and certain different things that people thought was God. And he said that you, 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 uh, you know, these tradition, your tradition has made the word of God of none effect. The word of God was him. He was right in front of him, meaning that certain traditions that have been passed down to you, certain perceptions that was passed down to you, causing you to view me in a certain way. And it's caused you not to understand the clarity of what's right in front of you. So I believe that we, we see in the scriptures where Jesus was talking about where, uh, you know, the Isaiah prophesied. He talked and Jesus said that um, he is the spirit of God is upon me and he anoints me to preach the gospel to the poor, to preach the news to the brokenhearted. Isaiah actually went on to say is that to bring the vengeance, the, the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus quoted every single part of Isaiah prophecy and accept that part. Why is that? Why is it that when Elijah in the Old Testament, which was a man of God, which is a great man of God who had great experiences with God, who actually heard from God, he called down fire from heaven and consumed his enemies. But when when the disciples did the same thing and they well, I'm sorry, they asked and inquired to do the same thing. Why did Jesus say you don't know what spirit or manner you operating under? What he's saying is you don't understand the consciousness. You don't understand that it with the time that happened. That the way man spoke, the God spoke through man back then, you don't understand that level of consciousness where, where God was interpreted as somebody that would can speak fire and, 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 and consume his enemies. That level of consciousness is no more. The word of God is right in front of you. Don't be like how the Pharisees is where their traditions and their perceptions cloud what's right in front of you right now. And I believe like God is bringing us back to a place where we understand perceptionally, perceptionally like not like the word of Christ, just the understanding of Christ. And like, and what I mean by Christ is that like, that can mean so many different things to so many different people that can mean religious, different things that can mean they're like, okay, you can, if you don't accept Christ then you're going to go to hell for the rest of your life. That can, um, you, that can, you know, I'm sorry, the rest of your life when you die, that can mean that, you know, you can get caught up in the rapture. You're going to be here where God is going to unleash a, a lot of judgment on this earth and take this whole earth out. That that can mean it can mean so many different things. So I want you to understand that the perception that I'm trying to create with the understanding of Christ, which I believe is what the what God wants us to understand, is getting us back to the reality what the word means and where it understands is Christ. It says is in all as all. That is the inclusion. That is the language of God, which I believe that. Get, brings a man to a certain level, a, st a certain spiritual level where you really see the Christ in all and in all, which you can actually experience God in all of humanity, where you don't see insiders or outsiders anymore. You only see believers and non-believers. You only see people that not understanding the objective reality that Christ exists in all. And that's the place where God wants us to come to. He wants us to come to that overall objective reality. And it's a place I believe where I believe that, you know, and I want to talk about it a little bit where, um, you know, because different things was talked about in the post where, you know, uh, people started, you know, come and, it's, and it all comes like from a different understanding, you know, meaning that when you come from an understanding from the from a Greek mythology, mythology approach. And what I mean by that is, is that. Everything in the natural world is evil and everything in the spiritual world is just, you know, perfect. And is there is a separation mindset, you know, and I want to talk a little bit about that because that will understand that will get us to understand how we can interpret uh, scripture properly. When we talk about the different influences that was on the church that passed down through generations that allow perceptions to be passed down. And we can see in the Bible as the traditions and the perceptions of of, of the, you know, the um of the prophets were passed down and it kept them from rightly understanding the word that was right in front of them. 
So what I want to talk about is how in history where different things, you know, different influences in the church, you know, actually passed down where we get this separation, dualistic mindset. We have the data exists in the Western church, mostly in America and Europe and different places like that. So um, going back, you have like the main uh, church fathers. You have, you know, um, uh, excuse me. You have um, two main church fathers where. You have like that pretty much influences everything that we believe. You have you have Augustine, which he pretty much was an influencer of mainly of the West. And like basically his, um, you know, the rule of theology is, is that you pretty much interpret all of the scriptures from, a, um, you know, from from the clear passages. Now, of course, whatever those clear passages is up to the reader. So meaning that from those clear passages, he pretty much uh, thought the clear passage was was the uh, you know the separation of the sheep and the goat you know was Jesus talked about in the end of times he thought that pretty much was that you know the sheep the sheep and the goat was the pretty much this um was the clear passage and that's what he defined everything by in the scriptures so meaning that his mindset was is that God is going to actually separate and actually going to send people some people to hell some people you know going to be in, cast into the fire of, of you know internal torment forever and then some people are going to be you know. Uh, you know, going to be with Christ forever, you know, and that was his pretty much interpret interpretation. That was Augustine's approach that pretty much interpreted everything. And that's the influence that actually came on the Western Western church. And, you know, and Augustine was also, you know, influenced by, you know, uh, Neoplatonism, you know, which is pretty much the, um, you know, everything is separate. It's, it's all Greek is that, you know. Our God, sometimes that we read in the Old Testament, looks like, you know, Zeus, the Greek of uh, the, um, you know, the, the Greek mythology, you know, that all of that was influenced. So sometimes when people say, you know, reading things in the Greek, we're actually not just reading things from that language, but we're also reading things from that perception of how they looked at God, you know, but understanding how in the eastern part of the world, you know, um, which pretty much Athanasius was influenced of. His clear passages was pretty much he saw that if one died for all, that therefore all died. So that was Athanasius' approach, and he pretty much was influences on the eastern part of the world, which we're, when we're talking about Christianity, which I believe why they see a lot more miracles, they're actually a lot more open to mystery and different things uh, when we're talking about theology, and they're not a lot more dogmatic. You know, they're a lot more just trusting the goodness of God. You know, and Athanasius pretty much um, embodied that. And everything that his theology was based off of was therefore if one died for all, all died, all died. And I don't think that either are wrong because what happens is you have Augustine, which puts more of an approach on the subjective experience, meaning that which I believe a lot of people experience where I don't never want to deny. And I don't want to make understand. I want people to understand that what I'm saying is here. Is that you have Augustine, which he looked at everything as far as that you're a, a bottom up approach, meaning that you're born a sinner. You're born separate from God. You're born in this world. This world is separate from God. God is separate from you. God is nowhere in the midst of us. God is actually he's actually somewhere out in the sky somewhere. He's somewhere where, you know, we can't be reached and we can't approach him. And what we have to do is we have to use our human faith, faith to be able to approach him and in order to accept Christ. And then when I use my faith and my effort and I accept Christ, that's when Christ becomes into my spirit. And that's the subjective experience that we talk about. And we build our theology off of that, you know, bottom up approach. I'm not saying that that's wrong. The objective reality is, is that 
You start from a place of is that the spiritual has always been wrapped in the natural. God has always been in the midst of us. God has always been in us. God has always been a part of us. God has always been amongst us. But what happened is that we become disillusioned and we believe in illusion that God is separate away from us. We believe that we are evil and that we are condemned. We all believe that it says that all men were sinners. What it's talking about was it's not it's saying that um all uh, all it's not talking about that we were sinners from God perspective because it says in Colossians that we were enemies of God in our own mind. It says that God reconciled the world to himself and never said that he reconciled himself to the world. So meaning we have to understand the, the, the top bottom approach versus the bottom up approach when we define in theology. We have to understand that Christ is in the midst of us all. Christ is in everything that we see, every person that we come in contact with. Christ is in that person in a hidden way. They might not be seeing it. They might not be feeling like it. They might they might not even believe it. But what we have to understand is that Christ exists in that person, whether they feel it or not, realize it or not, that is reality. That's the approach that Athanasius came from. That's the approach that I believe that, that God wants us to come back to. The, the part that's saying that there was never a separation. It was always in our mind. And what happens is that when you accept that what Christ did for us on the cross, then you come into a subjective experience where you start to experience those realities, where you actually can start to experience the uh, place of no connection, um, no separation. The You can start to experience that relationship with God where it changes your heart, where you feel like you had a heart full of stone, but now you have a heart full of flesh where you can actually love people now, where you can actually experience certain things where you actually start to share love. So I'm not writing away that subjective experience. What I'm saying is that we have to properly identify things from God's perspective, from an eternal point of view, meaning that you were found in Christ before the foundations of the world. Before the foundations of the world, you were found in Christ. All, yes, and Adam all died. Yes, and Adam, everybody, that representation of Adam, believed the lie that we were disconnected from God, that we were disillusioned. But we don't have to believe that anymore. We don't even have to start from the bottom-up approach no more. We can start, we can come saying, that okay, no, that Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. Meaning that before Christ even manifested in the flesh, you were already found in Christ. We can't look at things as a time from time, meaning that we were sinners and then God came, Jesus came. And then, you know, uh, then, you know, that's what happened. And, you know, and then when Jesus came, then, you know, we accept Christ. And then now we no, that's the bottom up approach. That's from man's perspective. But you got to understand that God's in eternity looking down in time. Yes, there was a place in time where Jesus manifested in the flesh. And I believe that 100 percent. And I believe that, you know, but I also believe that. The act of what Jesus did spiritually always existed. And that always trumps the reality of the temporal illusion of what Adam did when he ate from that tree in the garden, which all man did when we believed that we had to do something separate in order to be God. When we feel like that we have to make a confession in order for God to get inside of us. When we feel like we have to, to do certain works in order for God to be inside of us. So it's not really about the scriptures that we read because we all read the same scriptures, but different perceptions are, are different perceptions are, are dictated about based on, on, on our, um, the traditions that have been passed down. And we have to humbly accept to say, okay, that we've been seeing the scriptures from different perceptions. And just, just because it sounds unfamiliar and untrue doesn't mean it's wrong. When I first heard this stuff in 2014, the cognitive dissonance uh, dishonest in my mind, it started, it's pretty much was like, no, I want to reject this. So this is not right. Why? Because I've, I've always understood things from a, from a, a bottom up approach, meaning that you have to make a decision in order for something to become a reality.
And you know what's interesting is yesterday, man, I was, you know, I was listening to um someone speak and they was and they and they read this scripture. And man, they was I don't even think they was intending it, you know, for this revelation to come out. But I'm telling you, man, this thing like drove me crazy. You know, because um uh like let's talk about the Romans 10 9. All right, and we say that okay, this is the scripture that we talk about in order to confess Christ for our Lord and our Savior. It says, If thou confess Jesus, uh, you know, Christ Jesus Lord. Okay, thou shall be saved, right? All right, now, if we go up a first couple of scriptures before that, it says that the word is nigh thee. The word is in thee. It is in your heart. It is in your mouth. This is the word of faith that we proclaim. What is the word of faith that we're proclaiming? It's saying that the word is already in you. What is word? What is the word? We said is the word became flesh. Jesus, it says that it is nigh you. It is in you. It is among you. And that's the reason why they put the scripture there. When you come to that revelation of that objective reality, then you go down to Romans 10 now where you had that subjective experience where you say, for thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. That's talking about the subjective experience. But the objective reality is the first verses before that where it talked about the word is nigh you. The word is in you. This is the word of faith that we proclaim. So when you really understand that, I really saw that yesterday and I never seen it like that before. Why? Because I come to a, a level of consciousness where Christ is all and in all. So when I read the scriptures, I'm reading it from that approach. I'm reading from that approach where Athanasius uh, meant when he was saying that uh, he took it from a top up, a top up approach, meaning that if one died for all, then that mean that all died. That's Bible. <laughs> That's Bible. And that's where he was taking it from. He was taking it from that approach. So that means that he interpreted every single thing in the Bible through that lens. And I believe that's the approach where God wants us to come to. Where I, would, I feel like that he wants to shock this Western uh, Trump obsessive world. You know, where it's like, yo, Christ is all and in all. It's not coming. And it's not neither Greek, neither, uh, neither slave, neither nor freak. But Christ is all and in all. And I think that that's where we got to come to in that objective reality. And then once we're preaching that objective reality, we can come to that subjective experience where people can confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Where it says that every knee uh, would bow and every tongue shall confess. That's what I think it was talking about. Is that when we come to that objective reality, that Christ is all and in all. And people are bold enough to declare that. And when people are bold enough to understand that this separation dualistic mindset that the westernized churches come to is actually caused so many different problems it's caused so many different perception problems where we experience God in one season and then we don't experience him where we get on fire for God and then we leave God where everybody gets uh, you know where different waves come where the prosperity wave come then the healing wave come where it's just so, some different different thing every single um couple of years you know to just kind of get people you know get people hyped up and then people just get bored with it that separation mindset is born man i'm telling you it's a revelation man if christians don't get it i think that he will say this revelation with whoever it's a lot of other religions right now that's even speaking and people can get mad about that with they if they want paul even quoted from greek philosophers where he said that as your own offspring is said i'm sorry as your own poets has said we are his offspring Paul quoted from other pagan uh, philosophers. That's in the Bible. I believe there's other people where it says uh, namaste, where, um, where it says I, the divinity in me bows down to the God in you. I believe that's God speaking to them. You can get mad at me all you want. 
But I believe that that's God speaking Christ. I believe that's God speaking the language of Christ. Where we're all divine. Where we all have divinity in us. We all have the kingdom of heaven inside of us. We have all have God on the inside of us. And it's and we're trying to manifest that and get out that out in the world. Where we can create subjective experiences and we can change this world. I, want to, I think that God wants us to come to a place where we're obsessed with the objective reality. That no matter what, Christ is in all and all. You can fight against it. You can have your own hell and say that no, that God is not in me and I'm not good enough or, you know, I'm not doing enough. You can have you can have your own hell if you want to. But even David said that even in the depths of hell, there you are. Even if I make my bed in hell, there you are. So, like I said, I just want to like really like, you know, bring clarity to like understanding man that just because something feels unfamiliar or sounds unfamiliar doesn't mean it is god i swear like if you don't think what i'm saying is like biblical or if you don't think what i'm saying is you know uh for you or you don't think it's true that's fine all right it's not about it's not about perceptions because i feel like that if you were at a certain consciousness level where you understand and hear what i'm saying that you will be able to receive it properly. That's why Jesus said that don't, it's not, he said, be careful not what you hear, but how you hear, because how you hear is going to be measured back unto you. So how you hear is always more important than, than what you hear. That's why I named this podcast, the why behind the what, always looking at perception and understanding, looking at things from an area view, not just taking the Bible and just arguing scriptures and back and forth all day on Facebook, but actually understanding the, the intent the precepts behind the scriptures, actually understanding the perception behind this, that the, the scripture is trying to be able to um, convey. And I, I want to talk about this real quick and then I'm going to uh, go ahead and like um, close it out. You know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close it. I'm not going to talk that long tonight. Um, I only want to keep these at like 30, 35 minutes, man. And like, you know, just pretty much just like just just give an overall synopsis. Of, you know, like different things, you know, like I feel like they can like just help the world, not just even help the church, but just help the world, which I feel like the world needs to hear this message. I feel like the world needs to understand that Christ has been the language of God since the creation of time. All right. So like I just want to like, but like real quick, I want to just talk about just thinking of talking about perception, just understanding, um, you know, like where Jesus um, always quoted different things, you know, he quoted different things in the Old Testament. He quoted different things, period. But in a lot of times we always quote what Jesus says. And that's why we have 15,000 different denominations, because we all think that we understand the purpose or we all think we understand exactly what Jesus said. We all think that we know the under, and understand perfectly what he said. You know, and it's some, and then some come podcasts uh, coming up. I'm, I'm not going to get into it until I understand it. And I, if God reveals it to me a little bit more. But I'm reading this book, man, called The Hidden Gospels. And when, and I'm telling you, it's going to like really it's really breaking my uh like a lot of religious filters that's on, that I had under my mind. And like I said, I'm not going to talk about it too much. But again, like I said, I want to get on a rabbit trail. Let me get back to perception. I want to bring this point home. Jesus always quoted different things from the um to the Old Testament. He always quoted different things, period. He did quote different parables, but his intent was always for him to. His, his intent was always for the person to be able to meditate on and for the person to be able to actually dive into and study and actually be able to seek him out for you, for the person to actually understand the intent and what he was saying. 
He says that when he was, um, he spoke to the crowds in parables, but when he was alone to his disciples, he explained everything. That's a revelation that sometimes you got to meditate. You got to actually talk to God about what's written in, uh, written in the scriptures, not just on what your pastor said, on what the Bible caller said, on different, you know, or what is popular to say, but we actually got to meditate on the scripture on what Jesus was trying to say. All right. And I want to talk about this one scripture real quick about, um, you know, the, uh, Seraphonician woman where she came to, uh, uh, Jesus and you know she was like pretty much saying good master I want you to you know pr you pretty much come and say serve my uh you know daughter she's you know she's sick you know and I'm paraphrasing you know and Jesus said that I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel which is in scripture that's in scripture all right she said this is what Jesus said but okay she could have just took that and said you know what it's written in scripture you know what Boom, it's written this boom, plain and simple. It's only I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Bam. But what did she do? She kept on saying, she kept on, she kept on pressing. Come on, Lord, please, my daughter's sick. It was something in her that knew that just because this was written in scripture and just because he's quoting scripture, that doesn't mean that I'm fully understanding what's going on here. Because if I would have just took it, if she would have just took it, it was what's happening that or, or what was written in scripture, then what could have happened was is that she could have just, she could have missed out on her blessings. She could have missed out on the goodness of God based on something that was written in scripture. But what did she do? She kept on pressing on. She said, come on, man. Lord, my, my, you know, my daughter is sick. Please come here, my daughter. What did Jesus quote to her? Now he's saying he quoted what can actually become a perception of what he just said. It is not good to take the food and throw it to the dog. So first he quoted, and I'm just saying this right now as I'm talking about it. Wow. First he quoted the scripture. Then he quoted a perception. He said it is not right to take the dog's food. I'm sorry, the, the kid's food and throw it to the dogs. What did she do? She took that same very perception to speak back to him and said, yes, but even the dogs eat the food from the uh, that falls from the master's table. Jesus said that, man, I have not found so much great faith, not even in all of Israel. She says, go your way. Your daughter has been healed. Why did Jesus say that he haven't found so much great faith? Because even though he was quoting things that was in scripture, even though he was quoting perceptions that was of scripture, that lady keep on, she went about all of that and she pressed in on the heart of God and she wanted to get the true intent of what he was trying to say. So I think that that is very powerful right there when we understand the word that just because there's scriptures in the Bible that's written that we can't understand what they're, why they're there or why they understand so harsh. We got to still understand the heart of God is still Christ. And if we press in and like that lady did, and we still press into the goodness of Christ. Then maybe we can like still manifest things that we probably never even thought about or understood. Because we understand at the end, the end of the day, even though I read something in scripture, I know at the end of the day, God is still good. And I know at the end of the day, God still includes everybody. And I know that at the end of the day, God is still love. And that, just like that lady had that courage to like the, uh, the press through um, and Jesus called that action great faith. I believe that we have to be able to understand scripture that it might and, and, and take it, you know, for what it is. It is very inspired and there's certain things in it that might be seen very harsh. But I believe just like that lady, I believe that we can still understand the heart of God, which we, that can really be a, a reveal of goodness that we never understood before. And that has never been manifested before and has never been shown in this earth before. That is my passion. I'm not on this doom and gloom stuff that God's coming to the, uh, take the church away under the Zudini act. And that, you know, and then, and then, you know, it's going to be hell and brimstone for the rest of the world for eternity. I know it was written in scriptures and I'm not, and I'm not arguing with your interpretation of that. All right. 
What I do is I'm, I believe that, that the uh, Bible says that, you know, like Amalekai says, three, Amalekai says, what says, do we not all have one father? Where it says that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Christ. Every knee will bow. I don't believe that, uh, I've heard it preached sometimes that that means that, okay, after their knee will bow and their tongue confess, then they go into hell forever. No, I believe that they come to the revelation that, wow, God has been speaking Christ all along. Everybody's coming to that revelation. I believe everything is coming to that realization. The end of religion, trying to climb your way to God to try to figure out what he was saying. That God is speaking inclusion and togetherness. And when he came and said, not just my father, but our father. I believe that's the language of Christ. All right. And that's what I was trying to pretty much convey. And I just think that when people hear my heart, then they can. I believe that God like really is showing these things to me. And I feel like that for the people that God uh, is sending, you know, like Jesus said, you know, um, you know, uh, when, when you know when, if people don't want to hear it, take the dust off your feet. Keep it moving. That's cool. Like I said, I'm trying to like show people the heart of God is which is what I believe is inclusion. But like I said, man, y'all, thanks for hanging out with me, man. Thanks for listening to this. Like I said, like, I'm, I'm really actually excited I did this now, even though I ain't feel like doing it at first. But, like, I'm, I'm pumped up now and I'm excited. And like I said, man, I, I want to do this weekly, man. And like I said, if y'all feel like this can help somebody, man, share it. If y'all feel like that this is, is, is great, you know, podcast that, 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 like, actually inspires you to have certain realms of thought or to go to levels, certain levels of consciousness or different things like that. That's what it's intended for, man. And like I said, I, you know, appreciate that if you, if you do, you know, feel that way or if you, you know, do understand my heart. So like I said, man, I'm rapping right now. So I'm going to holler at y'all later.